0: Chelsea podcast with me Yannick this is a regular episode of Yannick on Chelsea although I'm still doing the collab transfer talk with the attacking two boys but today it's back to normal and I've got a guest on I've got Matt Levy who is a radio presenter Uh, he's been following Chelsea for a long long time and uh, due to the nature of his work he speaks very well we had a great um, episode last time he came on so I was really happy to get him back And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a big upcoming clash with Tottenham. So just especially, I've managed to get Daniel Levy's brother on the podcast. (laughs) Only only joking it's uh matt levy who's been on the podcast before um yeah i didn't tell him i was gonna make that crap joke so i sort of sniped him a little bit there but uh yeah welcome back to the podcast matt how you doing
1: very good hi everybody happy new year <laughs>
0: yes happy new year to you mate cool <laughs> so yeah i was i was keen to get you back because we, we had a good fun conversation before um and yeah, they're back in November. So I'm I'm pleased to have you back on, mate. So, um,
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: No, it's an absolute pleasure. I've been doing a podcast recently, but I've been doing a sort of collaborative project with another podcast about transfers. So it's nice to do an old school Yannick on Chelsea and just cover the carbon games and stuff, mate. So cool. let's get into it. Um Okay, so I want to talk about, in part one, I want to talk about the games and results. <laughs> Starting with the Southampton result, I don't want to spend too long on this, purely because obviously it's a bit negative, um, but what, a nil-nil, I mean, my my first thoughts on this game, mate, before I get your, um, your sort of take on it and everything, is it wasn't actually that much of a sort of you know, it's not quite the crisis that Twitter is is trying to say it is. Um, obviously, we didn't score, and it was a frustrating game. But for that much domination, I mean, there was forward. It wasn't like possession for the sake of possession. We're just lacking a sort of killer ball in my in my opinion. How the the keeper? I think he made his debut that game. He made six saves, which is obviously a lot. Um, and it was just that sort of final killer ball. Um, did Did you watch the Saints game, Matt? Or
1: do, I've I've I have i have i have seen um extended highlights. highlights yeah. yeah. Well you're not missing much when
0: you say it. So I sat for it. I watched it with my brother in law. Um yeah, and it was a frustrating game. Uh, but it's so the so people were so reactive with it, but I think it was a sort of classic um striker situation, um missing that character maybe to sort of just lift the team and uh just do what needs to be done. Um Presumably, you share the frustrations of me and a lot of Chelsea fans, even from watching the highlights, just a lot of perhaps possession and uh, no ruthlessness. Would that be the right term, do you think?
1: Well, I think, first of all, on a slightly slightly wider perspective, I think, because we're used to... Well, I'm, I've been supporting Chelsea for, for 40 years, but as you could say, mm. only recently, say, for the last... Since, well, let's talk since Roman took over. Okay. We're used to Chelsea being pretty consistent. And because we're not consistent, we beat Manchester City, people are talking about catching up to second, maybe third, mm. and then we have a result like this. And as you say on Twitter, it, 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 the extremes come out very, very quickly. Now the, the big issue, we all know the issues Chelsea have got up front. Mm-hmm. But in the Southampton game, we had six shots on target. Now Roy Hodgson is a holds this opinion that shots on target aren't always the best way to tell if you've been dominant or not. So say for example you could say Crosses uh, across the six yard line, Mm. for example, you know, very near misses, all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it's one indicator. Now, I personally think that with over 70% possession, six shots on target, I think what a lot of people are saying is that, yes, it's passing for passing's sake. However, if a couple of those shots had gone in, we'd be saying nice, comfortable win, very good, very nice, clean sheet. However, I think it's pretty clear that Chelsea are, we are, we know we're in a transition. We know that Moritz has only been there for six months. We know it's not really his squad. But I think, again, on a slightly wider perspective, the way I don't think Chelsea is run by idiots like people say. It isn't. Not, yeah. not. It isn't. But I think that the way we plan things could be better. We maybe talk about that later. But in terms of the Southampton game, yeah it wasn't it wasn't dreadful but it was I think it was a bit weak actually
0: yeah I'd put it I mean I'm happy to sort of put it down to a bit of the learning curve and stuff I love how you managed to shoehorn a mention for Roy Hodgson into that uh, Chelsea analysis (laughs) Um, yeah it's a very good point as well because it's quite you know you could um, maybe have a ball come off A striker and not know much about it and just go straight down the keeper's throat and he catches it in front of his nose and it would be considered a shot on target so you know that's a very good point um but yeah in terms of reflection of the game we did play really well at certain spells and you know unpopular opinion Morata actually started very well but we'll come on to him probably again in a bit but the fact how when he didn't have it all his way he just descended down into the sort of petulant figure and sort of absent figure that we've learned to not love and for me flashes of ability isn't enough and you know maybe we'll touch on that a bit but also you made a really good point mate and a really um, important point as well I'd argue about consistency and maybe that's a big thing to do with Chelsea's fans and being so reactionary because we have been conditioned with consistency one way or another um you know, and the ones that weren't happy with the consistency were the ones that weren't happy with the brand of football. Um, So you're never going to sort of please everyone. But yeah, so we were always used to sort of having, knowing where we stand, you know, and um it's just all over the of the minute. You don't really know what you're going to get, but I, I, I think you're in the same camp of me of believing in the project. And if you were, if you were a sort of relatively measured person and had a bit of objectivity about you and just took a step back and looked at everything you'd be like well this is fine and you know dare i say it promising we on this are we on the same page with that one matt
1: yes and i think also as well i think for example um georginio is a really good example Mm. so he's come into a very important role inside And he's come over from Italy and you can tell he's a highly talented player. He's come to a different country, different league. And like a lot of players in their first season, he's having a dip, particularly over Christmas. I get it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yet now, from when from the beginning of the season when he was this the greatest midfielder ever. Yeah. Again, it's the extremes on Twitter. Now it's, well, I don't really know what Jorginho does. All he does is side, side, side and back. Yeah. He's useless. He's not strong enough. He's this, he's that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, just to break off for a second, I've got a bit of breaking Chelsea news here. Go on. Well, it says here that Chelsea have re- reportedly accepted a loan bid from Lazio for...
0: Zappacosta. Zappacosta. Yeah, I'm just... 13 just, and a half million. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Go on, let's, let's break this, going on your tangent. Um,
1: you I like old Zapples. I think he's pretty cool. I think he's a good utility player. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'd be sorry if he goes. He can score a wonder cross as well. He can, score, <laughs> he, he can score a wonder cross, and I think, again, he hasn't had much of a chance, but... If we can get someone better, but we'll need. I mean, there's yeah. so much going on with well, Chelsea. Well, exactly. At the moment.
0: It's, this goes with the um, theme, doesn't it? it, it, it to oh. be honest, sorry, man, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But just Not while just while, while we're on a mega tangent, there was um. Heavy, this isn't a transfer podcast, but just just while we're touching on it, there, there was um links with the uh, the Napoli right back Hissage or Surge, whatever his name is. That's
1: right, yeah, um, yeah.
0: He's very good. He suits he suits uh, sorry style in terms of offensive output, which um per Equator doesn't but I've discussed this on other podcasts how Asp is so yes. good in the big games uh, for example if you look at his uh, numbers I posted them on Twitter against that City game and that City win he had the most imperious game at uh, Azpil Equator so good like all of his numbers you know it was one of those games that it looked great and then you pulled the stats up as well and they stood up to it as well so to have um, him and play the big games and you know, have the Chelsea captain on important games, but when you can't break down Leicester and ultimately end up losing 1 0, this kind of fullback looks like the kind of man that Sari needs for his system?
1: Well, he's, he's certainly been, uh, you could say sorry certainly been uh clear with who he rates and who he doesn't that's mm. for sure
0: well that's what um, we want him to say it but yeah do you, can you remember where you were before you uh, before you got... i was just
1: talking about uh, yeah with, with like uh, with uh, with georginio Go for on. example it's kind yeah. of he encapsulates the the way twitter where social media works he's mm. having a little dip yeah and and it's obvious that uh he will come back he's good but like with Morata, it's like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. We know the one of the reasons everyone's so angry with Morata is because we know he's talented.
0: Yes. Yeah. We've seen it but we've, in
1: terms yeah. of, um, sorry, but all I was going to say was in terms of, 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 the, uh, the Southampton result, it kind of sums up where Chelsea are at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, we've kind of, I wouldn't say gone backwards. The whole team's having a huge dip because of all the changes going on. Mm. But at the moment, you could argue that it's not really much better than it was under Conte.
0: Well, no, yeah. But, you know, what in this sort of instance define better? You know, if you encapsulate better in terms of um, club ethos and ambition and uh, brand, and I mean that in terms of, you know, the the overused brand in terms of the football, but um, Conte was a winner and he was a pragmatist and that works in the Premier League, certainly the last 10, 15 years or whatever. I know Pep Pep had to really financially muscle his way in to make his brand of football work after, you know, year one of Fraudiola, Trophyless had to like you know had to like <laughs> just scrape and just scraped up for you know so it's a difficult thing to do with this kind of um football and remember another prevalent thing and and us as fans we loved Conte and the passion and stuff but I, I, I'm not taking either side here but Conte and Jose are the absolute opposite to yes men um oh,
1: absolutely yeah,
0: worry, a yes sorry a yes man and why. Why the bloody hell wouldn't sorry be a yes man? You know he's, he can't believe his luck where he is in his career from his you know his past. He's um, wanted to manage football after being a banker, and he's found himself at Chelsea. He just wants to manage. He just wants to coach attacking football. And they said, right, you're the man for us. You know, he got talked to about Pulisic. He's like, oh, yeah, i only found out about it this morning. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> he said, listen, he says yeah.
0: that. You know what I mean, though? I mean, regardless, I regardless, it, it backs up my, whether he did or he didn't, it backs up to the point of being a yes man um, and the club allowing them to do their business and not have that friction between, you know, whether you think that's wet or you know, the the lack of friction between him and the board will allow him to just keep his head down and look at what's going on on the pitch and not have these little agendas. Because say what you want about Conte, he had a touch of the Jose about him and, and, and hmm. he made points on the pitch, didn't he, with substitution and benches and things he said. And, you know, ultimately that's toxicity at the end of the day. You can back him, whatever, but you need a harmony between the people who coach and run the club.
1: Oh, without and, a doubt. Yeah. I mean the thing is what Conte want well, I think what Conte wanted was ridiculous. Yeah. Um you know, Sandro and God knows what. I mean, sixty million for a for a left back, it probably isn't even that good. Mm. Um I think the whole thing was and the one thing I will I know we, we need to talk about other stuff. What I will yeah, say about about Conte. He won two major trophies with us and I think it's a terrible shame what happened. What I don't quite understand is that both Sides Chelsea and Conte must have known what they were getting into at the beginning. They know what he was like Yeah. and he must have known how it's run because the thing is, the modern football manager, it's not just Chelsea. Do you not think Pochettino wants to make signings at Spurs? Of mm. course he did this season and they've done very well. Mm. But the point is this, Every club now—it's not like it was with Ferguson and Wenger. The manager is the manager; he coaches, he has an input. Yes. But the way clubs are with with hundreds of millions of pounds, you're not always—I mean, because everyone's chasing the same pool of players, you're not going to get the ones that you want. So you have to have alternatives and. Unfortunately, I don't think Antonio really understood that.
0: No, and also, um, just to wrap up on this, he, like you say, he, what he wanted wasn't in the interest of the club as a business. He wanted what's good for me now. You know, Very much Jose-esque, I keep making the comparisons, but they are very similar um, in terms no, of, you know, so. I, I want this 32-year-old now because he's going to make this better now. And the club's thinking... I know that suits you and your career at the present, but we don't want to do that. We're looking long termism, we're looking as um looking at it as a sort of a financially viable you know, investment, you know, which is fair enough to a degree and, and uh, just, just to finish just to pick up on what you said, Matt. Even hmm. if you two people in a relationship know they're bad for each other, they may just have that love affair anyway, you know? And that's the kind of relationship passion that gives you a Premier League a Premier League and an FA Cup.
1: And um, I think so. I think you're right, Jan. And, yeah. and the last thing I'll say is that at Chelsea, it's all run on two, three year cycles anyway. So yeah. in a way, well, I yeah. don't actually blame him no, for getting wanting exactly. exactly. because you, you, the, I mean, I think maybe things are changing now mm. because the way, if you think about it, the way they've got a manager now who forget all this Sarri ball stuff. He wants to lay down a little bit more of a of an identity. Blueprint, and I yeah. think the, if you look at the the the, the squad. OK, it's the way we're doing things is perhaps, well, it's our own way. They want to maintain success while transitions is very difficult. But if you look at who's going and who's possibly coming in, mm-hmm. you can see that that change is happening. Now, whether we get this transfer ban or not, yeah, I don't know. But it looks like they're preparing. Kind of, yeah. And if you look at the players that were linked to and, and and indeed who we've signed, you can kind of see where things are going over the next year. Now, if Chelsea, okay, they've given Sarri two years with a year's option, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to, Chelsea can have to understand that, yeah, we'll probably, we might get top four, but if we don't, and if we don't win anything, you can't sack him now. No. Not if you gonna back him in the market. Cause I mean, I can't believe he didn't know about Pusilich, right? 60 million quid. You can't, and we, we we've hired everybody else anyway. Mm. We have to say, right, we're, we, who are we? We are entrusting Sari.
0: Is this guy going to be any good to you, basically? You know, at the yeah, end of the day. Like-
1: we, we are, Chelsea have to entrust him. Now we've had, to be honest with you, you've got Simeone, Jose and Conte all the same. We've mm-hmm. had two of them. And I think now they have to entrust Sari with the transition.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, like you said, in terms of knowing, it's a short termism thing. This is really no, we won't get into but it's it. But it's, it's the you know, like you say, getting my players in, and I'm not going to risk playing the youth or blooding in the youth, so that he's a good player in three years' time, because I'm not going to be here in three years' time. Um, all right, well that's sick. that's cool. That's an interesting uh, tangent we went off there. That's probably yes. it's probably testament to uh, how much there was to talk about the Saints game, um, <laughs> but yeah. we we marched on from there. Um, okay, so before we get into part two, let's touch on the Forest game, mate. Eh? I um I went up to Stamford yeah. Bridge yesterday. I had a really great mm. time. Um, if you follow me on that. Twitter, you, you probably. Say, I don't know if you do. You listen to the Londoners Blue pod, Matt? It's the uh, the American guys. I don't know if you do. Uh,
1: no, I don't actually, know. Okay.
0: Well, no, they're a great bunch of guys. They've got, a, I think, they're, to be honest, the majority of their listenership is um, American, as you'd imagine, but big old uh, Chelsea podcast, and they were all out, so it's good to meet them after talking to them a little bit on Twitter and have a few beers with them. But um, yeah, so it was an interesting game. It was um, obviously 2-0 Chelsea, both goals, Alvar- Alvaro Morata not that he had a particularly very good game. <laughs> he, um no. He had a, his header on target was um pretty dismal anywhere else he would have scored. He had that offside um goal well miss rather. I'm sure you've seen it circulating uh, well, have, in the game on yes, the game but also circulating yes. that, you know. I, I watched that. I think that was um happened in front of me and I just, um couldn't quite believe it. Um it, you know, doesn't really matter for it's offside. I know Abamyang had it to happen to him the other day as well, which was offside. But if you're having a good yes. game, if you're having a really good game, um, it doesn't really matter. Now it's kind of an anomaly because he scored two goals, but he scored those two goals because of the guy who did have a really great game in Callum Hudson-Odoi, who like uh, gave him two very good crosses, very different passes, but two great assists, and uh, quite rightly he won the vote for man of the match on Twitter from the Chelsea. Page seventy percent. Um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this game, Matt, um, and sort of just general musings?
1: Well, I, I actually responded to a, a, a tweet uh, today because apparently Alvaro is depressed because he feels the club haven't respected him enough because we've been linked with other strikers, and what I get really angry about with with that is this: I personally feel that Morata is one of the most disappointing signings we've made since I started supporting Chelsea. And I've actually drawn a comparison between him and Torres. Mm. Because you can say what you want about Torres. In my personal opinion, he didn't hide. He didn't shirk challenges. He didn't throw himself down and argue with refs. And he banged the ball in the net a few times. Champions League. With Morata. I mean, look, I don't like personal abuse of anybody. And I'm sure that as a person, Alvaro is probably a very, very nice chap. Mm -hmm. However... I think he's just not up to it. And it's a terrible shame because a lot of money and he's had lots of chances, but something has clearly happened that has completely thrown him. Now, I know he had this back injury last year. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But you would think with the players that he's playing with that that, that are in the team, he's won the title. Uh, no he's won the FA Cup
0: yeah he's won multiple titles around Europe though and scored in Champions
1: League he's got I mean he's come to London he's living in a beautiful city he's got two lovely little kids now Mm -hmm. he's had ones here Mm -hmm. you'd think that he'd be very settled and happy but clearly he's not there's I mean maybe it's the physicality of the league I don't know but
0: I don't subscribe to that. I just that. don't
1: understand what has gone on with him.
0: Yeah, and no, for me it's for me it's quite simple. Um he's not he's not he's not little. I mean he's not a muscly dude, but he's actually he's quite tall and he can be imposing. I've seen him hold up the ball when he wants to. Um and you and me were saying, I don't know if it was before we went on air, but we were talking about him being very both, Chelsea fans knowing he's very talented. Like, um, I, you know, I've said millions of times when he first hit the ground, he very much did hit the ground running, unlike Torres. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, scored yeah. a bunch of goals. He lifted the team with great goals, left foot goals, right foot. You know, he was the best header in Europe for about eight weeks, you know. <laughs> and, um,
1: yeah, I know. Yeah.
0: And uh, so we know he can do it. For me it's a, it's a completely mental thing. It's nothing to do with the league, it's nothing to do with his ability. It's complete uh, mental fragility. Uh, if we're a multitude of well I don't want to act like a sort of psychiatrist that's telling you exactly what's wrong with <laughs> but I'm swiping. So I think <laughs> I <was> think Jan. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll sit him down, but I think he's um it's not like an inferiority complex, but he's never been striking number 1 wherever and that was the big question and whether that actually because that question followed him to Chelsea, whether that fermented the issue in his head, I don't know, but you see him when he wants to start well, he starts well, but when he decides to flop about and then, you know, that has to, he, the fact how he hasn't decided to stop being, even if he's not actively diving, he's being soft and trying to win these fouls. Thinking right, I'm not confident at the moment in terms of finishing this Daniel, so I can at least win my team a free kick here, where Alonso, Willian, Louise has or someone can take this, you know, take this ball and are helping the team. And it's not helping the team. And it, it, there's there's been penalties that were penalties against him denied, and he's he's definitely put himself in that position now where. He's done him he's the boy who cried wolf, I think um I'm not saying he's still he's still definitely very wet in terms of being overly soft, but he's done himself no favors and now he's not getting the decisions and he's got like the bad side of Diego Costa in that sense about like, the good side. you know he will get himself booked for dissent and i'm I'm going off on the tangent here because I'm talking about different parts of his games, but in terms of actually performing and doing the output. I personally think it's all, it's all mental. He gets inside his head. He's got a history of that. There's, um, again, something that I've echoed constantly. There's a story about him and Buffon and Juve. Buffon had to sort of tell him to stop being a child, basically, and he found a bit of form again. And we could go on to another tangent about how we don't have that John Terry Buffon figure in the dressing room to sort of say, no, mate, you know, sort your act out. But we should need yeah. that as well. You know, he's a Galactico level signing. He should just perform to a certain level. But do you have anything to pick up on my mental fragility? Yeah. Theory?
1: And I think, I think also yeah, what doesn't help is that uh, there's never been a, um, there's never been a, a, an argument against him being our second choice. Cause I still think that Lukaku was the one we wanted. Hmm.
0: I'm not not overly disappointed we didn't get Lukaku, though.
1: Me neither. Me neither. Look at that first touch. Mm. But um, having said that, with Morata, I think... Well, it could be that Morata is just an overprivileged, spoilt brat by nature and doesn't want to work for anything. I don't know. But if you look back at some of the the, the strikers we've had, right the way back to Kerry Dixon, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, Didier, Mm. Diego... These are world-class number nines. And I get that playing central striker for Chelsea on your own isn't easy. I understand that. Mm -hmm. And it could be argued that Morata is more of a second striker rather than a spearhead. But the problem is he doesn't offer, apart from the the mentally weak side, which has been, been discussed a lot, it could just be he's not a reference point for the team. I think when you've got a number nine who might not even be that good if they've got the presence it's Mm. a structure for the team you can play in at least they can lay it off they can occupy defenders Morata's a soft touch defenders know how to wind him up and they know they're not he's not gonna he's not gonna hassle them all game yeah. Even with, I mean, putting putting Diego aside, you know what a nut job he is. Yeah, because you could you could wind him up, but he'd still score goals regardless. He'll still score goals. But the point is, is that he's got that presence where he can't get shifted off the ball. Mm. look at Drogba, for example. he yeah. Can't couldn't get shifted. You couldn't knock him off the ball. And even if he wasn't having a good game, he would occupy the defenders. Murata makes it comfortable for them. Yeah.
0: If you, you're Robert, if you're a Premier League defender and you see him on the team sheet, you're just rubbing your hands together. You, you know, you'd, you'd you'd much rather. You, it's almost that like you'd rather come up at the moment you'd rather come up against Morata than like um you know like a whatever well much Andy Carroll which is a lower league like number nine that you think oh he's gonna give me grief and I gotta watch him and can't let him get above me you don't get any of that with Morata at the moment but um yeah so without well, going too long in the negative negative, um, I think we're both in agreement in terms of all the ability in the world, but maybe an inferiority complex or sport brat or something mental. And he doesn't, he, he, maybe he, it's nothing to do with his physical build, but it's the psychological thing that makes him lack the presence you're talking about. Would, would you agree with me saying it's all mental? Because I don't think he's like a small dude.
1: Um, I would... I think the vast majority of it is mental because we've seen how sublime his talent can be, and that kind of makes it worse. I think from yeah, from Chelsea's yeah, I mean from Chelsea's perspective, we're not going if we sell him, we're not going to get our money back, and obviously someone's got to be prepared to pay his huge wages as well, yeah. I and mean, his stock has dropped. Hugely.
0: Well, it has to be a loan, doesn't it? It has to be a loan where he can flourish and become valuable to said team. Do you know what I mean? That's the only, for me, that's the best where you either do a loan swap where they can help each other out at the moment, you know, like um, in a league where he can become, where maybe it's either Italian or Spanish, so he can have fluent conversations on the pitch with his teammates, you know, quick speaking, fluent ones, and uh, a league that he feels even if he feels like he's getting a fresh start that he probably doesn't feel like the refs are against him even if it's like the same rules you know and then he becomes an asset to said team and then we can at least make our money back or you know certainly not a big loss certainly not a big loss you know because remember there is an inflation that might make a natural inflation that might help recoup a little you know i'm trying to sort of clutch his straws here but,
1: <laughs> but i don't i
0: don't wanna, i don't want to talk too much about moretta i think we we share the enough. same opinions and we've had, yeah. Some, yeah. had some interesting yeah. talking him um, we did go through that game. The Forest fans were in a funny voice uh, when Morata um, did score the second. They were just chanting, "We're gonna win three two, and you know, champions of Europe. We've won it two times and all
1: that." Um, oh, they have. To be fair,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, they were, yeah, the great support. You know, they're giving it all, all the large, but obviously, um. I was in the shed, so I was quite close to them. So we managed because obviously the uh, the Derby rivalry, there's a lot oh, of... Oh,
1: because of Frank, yes. Yeah,
0: so there was a lot of Frank Lampard. He's won more than you, and you're <laughs> just a shit Derby county. They loved all that. Um, so anyway, it was good fun. Uh, obviously, in uh, a superb performance from the young lad. Um, I, we're going to touch on Sesc, um. Uh, to finish off this this part before we move on to part two, but yeah, obviously Callum Hudson odoi Um, I'm always sort of waxing lyrical about this kid. I, I'm in mean, sort of, I, I'm sure you agree in terms of how good he is, but I, I'm not of this. I, I do not want us to sell him to buy Munich for obvious reasons. Um, but I'm not of this. He should be in the team now above Willian and. I'm also of the... I actually think William probably shouldn't be in the... I'm not one of these people that won his head, but I think he probably shouldn't be in the team now. Um, In these, like, uh, in this Premier League sort of time of your right wing is at the top level being Mohamed Salah and Raheem Sterling and william has got, you know, less assists this season than than Calamon Sonodoy, apparently, anyway. And I don't know, like, he's obviously a very talented player, but I don't want to digress too much. Well, what I want to say with Callum is, he has just recently turned eighteen in a very demanding league psych- psychologically, with the social side and the the pressures of the media and the physicality and just the pressures of the club. That maybe sorry is treating him perfectly and um, incorporating him perfectly and provided he carries on this form there is an inevitability of sort of maybe next season that you do see him circulated a lot in the Premier League and by the time he's you know look at Ruben he's playing all the time now and by the time he's like 19-20 which is still very very young he could be like starting for Chelsea what do you think about that mate do you think he is being do you think would you just Bang him in the Premier League team now. He'd probably be able to do it skill wise and ability, but do you sort of see the other aspects to bringing him in as well?
1: Well, it all comes down to whatever pressure is being applied to Sari. Mm. I mean, if if he feels that he's going to get the boot, if he doesn't get top four, then he will stick. We've seen that he sticks with his favourites, but the problem is when your favourites aren't playing well, mm. you have to have the courage to change. Yeah. and. The the problem with Callum is that there's far too much pressure on him. The fans are, I think, again, going back to social media, they're well over the top. Mm. Um, He's done very well in the games he's played. You can tell he's obviously very good. And it would be tempting for him to go to Munich. Zola has confirmed their interest. So it would obviously be tempting seeing how Jordan Sancho has got on in the Bundesliga. Mm. But I think, I actually think that on this one, with the comments that Sarri's made about, About Callum, he would be wise to stay at Chelsea because he's a Chelsea boy Mm. and he'll get plenty of money. That won't be a problem. I'm sure this five year contract they've offered would set him up for life anyway. Yeah. And I think he's right to be patient. It's not like he's not being played at all. Yeah, it's not like it's not going well, is it? Exactly. And Ampadu signed a new deal as well. Correct. So I think he obviously knows there's obviously a pathway for him. And I'm sure Chelsea have said all the right things. What I find incredible is how. Again, it's the reactionary thing on Twitter. The club are useless. The club are useless. Of course, they've said they've made uh, they they pointed out a pathway to Callum. Mm -hmm. They'll have done everything. They're not idiots. But I think the thing is, because he's a youth product, obviously, that the fans want him to do well. And I understand that. But the pressure that's being applied to him is ridiculous. Mm. But I think in terms of the Premier League, I think he seems a confident boy. And I personally feel that he – because I think Sarri made a couple of very interesting small comments that went under the radar about Callum's tactical awareness and how he wants him to play. Mm. Now, I think even given that, I think given the the confidence that he has – and the ability he has and the fact he's not afraid to take anybody on, I would actually put him in because if yeah. you're good enough, he'll play and we'll never know. Yeah. Now it could be that we, we maybe he comes on when a game is safe so there's no pressure on him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we know he's gonna play in the cup competitions and that's fine. But I think he's worth a go. Mm. I think he's worth a go. Ease him in and then next year he'll really could be a regular because I think William and or Pedro will leave in the summer. Mm. So I think he's definitely uh he's clearly I think he's not quite ready for regular starts in the Premier League. But I actually personally feel that Sarri is doing the right thing. And I think Sarri should be trusted on this.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's there's that quintessential Italian manager vibe of just, you're know, like you say, favourites, liking the older players. But he has demonstrated such ability. And like you say with these young players, there's such a, a hunger and a fearlessness that would probably, you know, he doesn't, he will run at people in the Premier League. Um, maybe it's just a precautionary thing that they know he's such a young asset, and they don't want to break him so young. Um, I don't know, but he—he is—he does seem excellent. Part of me feels like if Chelsea can't make him assurances, then it would be so you know you look yeah like you say Jaden Sancho as well. He's been so good for Dortmund on that right wing. Imagine there is a certain like football purist non Chelsea fan romance to a young English eighteen year old going and starting by Munich. They'd about to sign him. They'd break their transfer record. The transfer records 35 million for Tolisso if they if they are mm. willing to spend 40 million on essentially what's still in the, not when he's an academy product that sits on the bench and plays cup competitions that's testament to how good this kid really is but you know I agree. you look at you look at maybe on for England the future of England if he does become a starter for Bayern and a massive player then you've got England you have got Sancho on the right wing Hudson-Odoi on the left wing these guys are 18 you know what i mean so if they're that good now, by twenty-two, Jesus Christ! But, um...
1: but if the thing is though, if we've signed pucilage to play on the right, and yeah. Aiden is on the left, mm.
0: well, if, yeah. he stays, yeah. if he stays,
1: if he stays, he's twenty-eight by the way. I can't believe it, mm. Aiden. Yeah. Um, oh, unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry, but mm. if um, if those two on the left and on the right and the left, respectively, where's Callum going to play?
0: well callum he he is a little bit he actually started off as a striker, believe it or not when he was a lot younger but um he has played on the right and the left i think if um like william plays on the right on the left it's only really Pedro that stays on the right um and Pulisic, he probably will stay on the right he doesn't, he doesn't move over but it's it's nothing wrong to have say a hazard say say william and Pedro just on the way out that's just because they are both in their 30s so if we're thinking long-termism here you've got Hazard and Hudson-Odoi that both w- will rotate you know start rotate on the left it's nothing wrong with having like two starter level quality players in one position but then again they both can play both sides you know also Hazard can play striker Hudson-Odoi has played below both flanks. Um, I think he moved he moved over, didn't he? And played the right wing uh, yesterday. Yeah. So um yeah. And, and assisted Morata for great a great goal. So, you know, he could play there. Um and Pulisic can actually I think he might be able to drop into midfield Pulisic. So there's in terms of space, if you're getting rid of William and Pedro, there's no problems with, with that in terms of positional rotation. It's just um, you know what 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 would happen with uh with Hazard and stuff. But um Well, yes. well I'm I'm in agreement with you, mate. I think he's um uh, possibly ready for starting the Premier League. Hopefully he can reach uh, an agreement with Chelsea and I think he does want to stay. I mean, I said on um, another podcast I did, we were talking about the concerns of the Bayern links but I thought you know what this is actually probably a really beneficial and healthy thing for him as a young player he's like look I've been known as this golden boy prospect but no look at me now it's almost a coming in come you know a coming of age like Bayern Munich want to break their record for me yes you know what even if I don't want to go to Bayern I'm gonna say yeah I like the idea and like pump my chest out and be like I'm not just some kid who Chelsea geared up to be a good footballer. I am like a, a, player desired by European superpowers and you better play ball because look, do you, know what I, do you know what I mean? There's probably quite a sort of empowering, healthy element to the whole fiasco. Um, in my opinion, um, but okay, so we, we we're going we're going over a little bit. So let's talk about Cesc Fabregas. Um, quite an right. emotional, quite an emotional goodbye. Shame missed the penalty. Um, right in front of me again. <laughs> <When> I was <laughs> watching that like from me, like I had such a good seat to to want to see that happen. But um, that is joking aside. I mean, he's been such a player for us uh, for the Premier League as well. Obviously, he um he had a long time at Arsenal, but he, he won the trophies at Chelsea, and uh, he's been so good at Chelsea, not just on the pitch, but he's been a good character. You know, he's been funny. He's been good fun. He's been banter. Yeah, I'd said in a, a different pod about how he, um, you know, that when he came to Chelsea, he was posting pictures of him as, as an Arsenal player, getting in John Terry's face, screaming at each other. And then they became, you know, really good friends and have the utmost respect for each other at Chelsea. And obviously World Cup winner as a teenager, just an astronomical career. And one of those really cultured uh, players, um, would you say Premier League great?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, <laughs> I remember when we signed him, gosh, four and a half years ago, I actually, I was driving and it, and it came up on Radio 5. And I had to pull over to text my dad and my Chelsea friends. Yeah. That, oh, my God, we've signed Cesc Fabregas. And it was a wonderful moment. And I think he's one of those players that you can only really appreciate when you watch him mm. live. Yeah. Um, I think not just in terms of his assists, which are fantastic, I think his range of passing and the way he uses his strengths.
0: Oh, mate, when he, how he sees... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but for, no, no, I, was, I was gushing okay. the, the way he, when he, how he How he sees a pass like no one else in the Premier League. Yeah, sure, he's, there's he's loads gone. loads of players can make great... Well, a, f- a handful of players can make world-class passes like saying, But when he picks up the ball and he just knows where a runner is, obviously he had that connection with Diego Costa, but you still see it now when he sees a pass that no one else sees and executes it, obviously on the money, every single time. Um, for me, it's a little bit sad because uh, obviously he came, came back, won the league, had, was pretty good under Jose. The first, he had to prove himself to Conte, but by the end, he was like, obviously he started in the 3-5-2 Conte's second season, so he was a starter. He proved himself to Conte that he was he had too many tools to drop. And obviously, by the end of the first Conte season... He was the first sub on for you know, or he was he was often being used as a as a sub, and he was very important. And it's kind of sad when Sari came because he's like, look, I've proved myself to the previous manager with hard work. I can do the same to Sari. And although Sari rates him very very highly, he's his backup register, not just for Premier League games, but he wants to start him in rotation. For Cesky, that's not enough, and understandably. Uh, he's not going to get, he'll get like a year extension for a bit part player, but he's got the opportunity to sign for three years for loads of money at Monaco. Um, How can you, can you understand why he's made the move?
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, is that we gave Giroud 18 months with a, with a year's extension. Mm. And, I think Sari was right. I think the club need to. I don't, quite frankly, see what the problem is. We'll be offering him two years. I don't see what the problem with that is, and I don't know why the, he's clearly in good condition. Okay, let's be. Let's try and take the emotion out. But he hasn't played 90 minutes for us for a long time. Mm-hmm. We know his legs, not that great, mm. and he does function better in a three-man centre midfield um, than in a two. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But I still think a player of his unique ability in the vision...
0: It seems like such an a, asset.
1: It's a huge asset. And he does things that other players can't do. And I understand perfectly why he wants to go to Monaco. he I mean, the money isn't a problem for Cesc. No. He wants to play. Yeah, he, he wants gets, to play. Yeah. I understand that. Mm. And he's friends with Thierry Henry. I'm sure Monaco is a beautiful place. Great stadium. yeah, um, All that kind of thing. New challenge. And he's a wonderful, wonderful professional and a super chap. But I think... I don't know. The thing is, I think with him, I think even if Chelsea did break the, the habit as it were, break the, the rule mm. and they offered him a longer contract. I think the problem is that tactically he's never going to be a starter for, for Sarri because I don't think it's like with drink water. He doesn't think drink water can play in a two. No, yeah. and he doesn't think says can play in a two. Well,
0: he said, now, yeah, go on, go on.
1: Sorry, Jan. I was just going to say, if we had, a, if, if, if Sarri played a five with Jorginho, Kante and Fabregas, then, tactically speaking, then Cesc would flourish, but unfortunately,
0: he hasn't got the time
1: to. Yeah, he can't do play in a two.
0: He just hasn't got the time on the ball. Like he, he needs. Um, well, he he be, be, be playing like the the the, the, the regista, so like the tip at the the bottom of the midfield, I guess, where Jorginho sits with the with Cante and whoever running off him. But you know, you can see these passes, like we've said. He needs that extra bit more time on the ball than Jorginho does. Jorginho, this is something that Sarri's always said, he loves him so much because he thinks he releases the ball so quickly. Be it, say a sideway passes, say whatever, the point is he wants the ball moved quickly to pull the opposition out of position. That's what he wants to do. Jorginho, if you watch how quickly Jorginho releases the ball from receiving it, it's instantaneous to the right person. And he's got obviously an immaculate pass accuracy. Uh, Ces can do amazing magical things but he needs that little bit more that's why I've always maintained he would absolutely tear it up in Italy because he gets a little bit more tight you'd get a bit more time
1: time. yeah I mean Pep wanted Jorginho didn't he Mm. Um, yeah well yeah the only the only slight problem with Fabricas is that he could be playing in the French second tier because (laughs) Monaco are in such such such, uh, dire straits at the moment but as I say I understand it and the fact that he was crying his eyes out yesterday, we've seen one video and he's done so much for Chelsea. He's been wonderful for us and it's been a privilege to have him. Mm. I think he's been um, a very, very special player and a fantastic professional. And as a fan, I'll I'll miss him hugely to be honest. I think he's been uh, a good influence on the squad. Mm -hmm. I think he has been in his own way, been a leader Mm -hmm. and, but I perfectly totally understand he hasn't got that many years left. He wants to play, and he'll play in Monaco. Yeah, and he'll it'll play get, and it's a good way for him to finish.
0: Yeah, and he's you know he he he's on a big contract at Chelsea money wise, and for a backup we wouldn't be prepared to give him three years on anything similar because I think he's on it like the same as Eden Hazard at the moment or thereabouts. Whereas Monaco. It will because it will it will lift the fans. It will be a sort of, for them a sort of Galactico signing, won't it? So it, it, it'd Very change. So. Change. That's a lovely. Well, you said some lovely bits about Fabregas there, mate. So that's the perfect ending to part one, I think. So, um, okay. That being said, let's move on to part two. Right, welcome back to the Anakin Chelsea uh, part two. Still here with Matt Levy. We've just been chatting the previous games and a bit of an emotional finish there with. A talk on Sesc Fabregas. So let's look ahead, mate. We've got um, two games we can talk about the away leg at Tottenham. Good that we start away, actually, and uh, Chelsea Newcastle. So let's start with Tottenham. I am anxious about this tie generally. Um, I know Man City. Who who did Man City get? Is it Burton? Yeah, they yeah. got the easy one. But... You know, you know, out of the free cup competitions they're in with the draws going into the next round, they got the the easiest possible draw in every single competition. Do you know that I was looking at that? I can't believe it. Um, well, okay, I can. It, it's fixed. <laughs> yeah, you know, joking. But yeah, it was it was frustrating to say the least. Um, although knowing that we've beaten Man City recently, if we beat Tottenham in this semi final, we'd probably have had a big lift in confidence, wouldn't we? Um, and obviously we played Newcastle at home but we can touch on that briefly in a bit. So Tottenham away, let's let's not talk about the home leg at Stamford Bridge because um that's going to be down the road in a little bit. So um the contextually things may change, but the uh, we are the eve is a, we are upon the eve of the uh, Spurs away game in the Carabao mm-hmm. Cup, mate. What's your first uh, sort of initial thoughts on this?
1: Well, we owe them for two um humiliations. The one under Avram Kant in uh, two thousand and eight.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Average grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, and, I was, I thought, you was, thought your pronunciation of Kant was just a posh execution of uh, a no, very rude uh, word.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing we owe them for Gosh. was that five one when um in two thousand and one was it two thousand two? I mean we've had a lot
0: yeah but we've had a lot of um you know, we beat them in a the semi final recently for what well, but yeah.
1: those two really stick in my mind.
0: Yeah, First, you might, you might, sorry, you might as well bring in the uh, the, the, the recent defeat at Stamford Bridge then that broke the 30 year record or whatever
1: it yeah, was. Yeah, that as well. Do you know what the worst thing about that one is, Jan? Oh. I was there in 1989 when they beat us 2 1. Yeah. Gary Lineker scored the winner in the last minute. Oh, oh anyway. Oh, dreadful. Oh. oh, man. Right. I'm going to be positive. Yeah, please do. I'm going to be positive, Jan. Personally speaking, I think it's going to be very hard. As you said yourself just now, it's great that we're playing them away first. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got... I know that a lot of Chelsea fans won't like this, but I think Spurs have got a fantastic side Mm. with a great manager. Mm -hmm. And they've got players who can... Perhaps we can maybe Mark Ericsson this time if they fancy. Oh my it.
0: God, yeah. um, uh, Ericsson. put something in his drink the day before or something. Uh, Jesus, yeah, I just, give him some laxatives or something.
1: Precisely, yeah. <sighs> um, but I, I think over two games we can do it. We've got two chances. I think if we can keep it. I think if we, um, I don't know if away goals count, but if we go down by an odd goal at Tottenham. Mm. Then I think we could possibly turn it round at Stanford bridge, but i think I hate predicting Chelsea victories, mm. but I think given that the, the the first game is away, and I think despite the deficiencies in the squad, mm-hmm. I still think we can turn it on in the big games. I think we might just scrape home
0: okay, and you um
1: I played okay, so let's, look,
0: let's look at the tangibles so um they uh played Burton, sorry I just caught that um <laughs> I, uh let's look at the the, the tangible facts so they've just won like 7-0 today with a rotated side so they have like used to banging goals they've obviously um, come back mm-hmm. to form um, the two main elements to this these teams in this tie in terms of narrative and context would be Spurs might have good runs but they'll ultimately inverted commas Spurs it up um, and you know there were, there's a you know brilliant sort of thing of they were in the title race for 48 hours or whatever it was when they, <laughs> yeah. this, this was Christmas and they, until they lost to um, Wolves in, rather emphatically in the end and that was like quintessential Spurs bottling it That being, and you know, they might have got their confidence back since there, but they they do have an underlying inferiority complex. Tottenham, no matter, like you say, Chelsea hat off, football purist hat on, a squad of like good players. A lot of the English lads been brought through. Great tactical coach, pressing. They've um, not been financially juicing. They just represent what should be progressive in football um, but you know the fans are a dreadful bunch and uh, and and they obviously are a big uh, rivalry to Chelsea but looking at they, they do have that inferiority complex so regardless to all these these good things I mean eventually po- Pochettino might win a trophy in that when they'll sort of settle and sort of find their place at the um the, the upper side of the league touch where it doesn't happen but on the flip side of that, Chelsea have generally always had their number apart from these ones we pulled out the hat a minute ago, where we talked about. Until recently, um, they've beaten us quite a few times recently, and I don't mean just breaking the Stamford Bridge record. You know, there's the Delhi Alley identical ritual goal he scores against us that header. <laughs> you know that it was yeah. just so yeah, across it, header. Yeah, 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 and he's done that a few times now. Um, and I worry that. Uh, this Chelsea side isn't of the personality of old, and then maybe we might start thinking, "Oh God, they beat us now!" Like, like almost like we've got that weird thing with Crystal Palace. Like no team has beaten us more times since uh, in the last five or six years than Crystal Palace, um, which is weird. They became a bogey team, so there was obviously a psychological thing happening there. But um, I'm, I just worry that. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we, if we bring that same sort of game we brought against City to Tottenham, I think we'll beat them. If we bring that same game plan mentality and just, you know... But then again, that was a that that was the sort of elusive plan B from Sari, almost to a degree. And I don't think he'd execute that against Tottenham, maybe. I don't think he'll treat City of the same respect. We might go at them and... Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, like you say, it, it really is... If we can... Kane is amazing and he can drop deep and do assists now and he's very, he's developed as a player but I think what you said is very prevalent. Ericsson is a problem for Chelsea. Um I mean do, do you have any other than me voicing this long sort of rant and opinions about the sort <laughs> of context and narratives and psychologies do, Yeah. do you do, do you think there's any do you think playwise who do you, who do you think will play and will be important to beating tottenham for chelsea
1: who will be important for us for us yeah well i think that, that i think rudiger and louise are going to be very important because mm. i think if you look at spurs pace and power uh, louise was done quite badly uh, in the defeat to spurs and i think if david louise and rudiger have good games it'll be a good foundation for us to go forward now, obviously with players like Son, who's a real grafter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a real fighter. Yeah, keep him on. If we can keep him under control, uh, it's going to be very, very important. But I think it's going to be on the defence, and I think on Jorginho and Canty, I think really the spine of the team. Yes. Now, yeah. obviously, we don't know. Hmm? You yeah, know, go on, mate, Karen. Uh, sorry, Jan. I was just going to say, I don't know who's going to be playing up front. We might have a new striker by then. Ah, so.
0: Well and no, we no know. we won't well we won't in two days.
1: <laughs> I thought first... it was the week after
0: No, week? no, the first leg yeah, the first leg's on the eighth, so
1: Oh, I'm so that's, that's yeah. I that's, was, yeah um, maybe
0: maybe by the twenty second, which is the second leg. leg.
1: Yeah, 20, yeah. I-, I thought it was the week after. Right. Okay. No, so-,
0: so I think we'll, we'll probably see. Uh, well, obviously winger, winger injury dependent. Yeah, probably Hazard up front again.
1: Right. So if we look at the spine of the team, I think for me, I actually do feel that I think if David Luiz has a good game, mm. it will spread right through the side. Mm-hmm. If he's solid, if he gets his positional sense right, doesn't jump in doesn't make stupid fouls outside the box, yeah, yeah, and just yeah. gets a few of those nice long passes going. Might be good. It could be good. I think he's very, very important. I think um, I, him and Rudiger are a, a good partnership. So do I, yeah. But I think, well, David Luiz could be on his way out as well, of course. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, that's, I think, for an, that's for another podcast for Kiko. That's yeah. another podcast. Yeah. But I
1: do think it's down to, um, I think David Luiz is going to be a key man for us in that game mm. in terms of starting attack. And being solid because he's gonna have to he's gonna have a real fight on his hands. I think it's, yeah,
0: balls over the top might actually be a big one in this because if you remember, Ali actually sat on Jorginho in the three-one loss recently. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so and uh, that worked very well. And yeah, that's the f- first game that well, I think we we like had a stalemate against Everton as well, which was like a Jorginho first started to learn. He couldn't always have it all his own way in the Premier League. But actually, I'm going to retract what I say. I think um, Romajiru came on and scored immediately, didn't he? Uh, To make it 3-1 rather than 3-0, which uh, it could have been way more that game. But I think he might be a good, if we're going to put balls over the top and play less through Jorginho, if there's like I said it, I said it before. I will say it again. If there's one man that's gonna doubly want to score against Tottenham for an Arsenal and Chelsea, you know, coalition reason, it's gonna be Giroud, isn't it? Um,
1: oh, without a doubt.
0: Yeah. So maybe, maybe Giroud and you know Hazard loves playing with Giroud. Remember that. Provided he's fit and his knocks doing, so maybe we would see. Uh, I feel quite confident actually with that. Um, but like you say, it would be keeping it tight mentality. I would like to see Giroud and Hazard play on his preferred left. Um, and hopefully we can uh, d- dig in but I'm going to ask you for a score prediction for that first leg so way at oh, Wembley no. in a couple of days.
1: oh um a score prediction mm. well my, my 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 pure Chelsea fan uh, pessimism will say two to Spurs mm. however I said I was going to be positive it's a new year you don't have to be that positive. You
0: can have a s- slice of realism as well. A
1: slice of realism, okay. I'm gonna go for one all, but Chelsea will score first. Mm. Okay, and I think well, hold on, hold on, grimly towards uh, at the end.
0: I'm gonna go for two all, so a score draw for both of us. I think we'll um, two all. Yeah, I reckon there'll be. They'll be <laughs> go, yeah, I mean, hopefully, away goals do count in that in that case, then. But um, yeah, so I reckon. I reckon too. Yeah. So anyway, let's touch. Just finish on Chelsea Newcastle. Was at Stamford Bridge. Um, yes. Return of or once again. Don't know how strong oh, the narrative yeah. is. Is there any more? But um, yeah, um, I imagine there'll be. This is on the 12th, so I don't know if they'll bring anyone in by then. Since sixth, bloody hell, we got a lot of fixtures coming thick and fast. All right. well, in that case, so four days later of a really big away match at Tottenham. Uh, heavily rotated side, maybe even Hudson the Doyle. Would you reckon?
1: Yes, quite possibly. Mm, why be, not?
0: That, yeah, why not? And that would be a Premier, you know, Premier League game at home. Why not? That'll be good actually. That's one to watch um, because if he does start against Newcastle, because you know, I don't know, it would be it would be a good a good uh, well, it'd be a hopeful situation, wouldn't it, for Chelsea
1: fans? But yeah, that presu- I think, uh, yeah yeah. Presu- I mean, remember- go on mate sorry and I was just going to say uh, we are going to be up against a team who's going to defend and drop deep mm-hmm. and it's up to us to get the ball wide and move the ball quicker yep. and get in there get in behind them now this is a very very unpopular opinion oh here it comes but I'm going to say it anyway yeah go on I think Rafa Benitez is a very good manager and he was terrific for us. Oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I um, I know it's unpopular. Yeah. I know no one likes him, but you've got to, he's a, he's tribalism, a, put yeah. it aside. No, no, of course. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you want a trophy. Every manager, every, manager, every player says things. Mm. I think for us, he was a, a great professional. We won the Europa League. We finished third. Um, and I think that he was terrific for us. I Honestly, I know he's quite defensive, but I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. Gotta be honest. I'm no, a if, you're a a, if
0: you're a football purist, then uh, I was. I was actually chatting in the uh, of the Chelsea fan yesterday in the pub about Rafa. He uh, he's a he's an incredibly good tactician, and there's something quite humbling about his uh, managerial situation at Newcastle. I would say not the the shit show of like um, the owner and everything, but I mean like how he he's done some pretty bloody big jobs rapper and he's you know he went yeah he stayed with that club through like difficult times and you know he could have like just thrown the towel a long time ago. It's quite humbling, isn't it? It shows like there is a like you say, there's a big level of professionalism. He's an amazing tactician like if he doesn't want to he's got a touch of the Jose's. I mean if he doesn't want to lose he won't which obviously might affect this game but um
1: yeah, I what? think so. And I'd like to see Kovacic back because I'm... Oh, I God, think yeah.
0: As we like, yeah. Pretty yeah.
1: really good. I mean, personally, I think with um, with Newcastle, as I said earlier, they're going to drop deep. We've got to find a way to... If we go... If we start moving around slowly, they'll be back in position. Mm. And we mustn't be afraid to knock it... Not do a, a, just a long punt, but a long pass is a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that... We need to vary things up a bit, but I think we should. We need to go at them with more speed, more purpose, and I think we should win it.
0: Yeah, I feel like, and like you say, that goes back with maybe the Hudson Odoi running down the touchline really quickly, cutting it back at the byline, getting behind them, like you say, that like maybe Takes four goals. Yeah, may, yeah, exactly. Maybe pull them out a little bit, and that's when, I mean, the Jorginho sideway passes not won't bother Newcastle in that situation, but. Um, no, they want a nil-nil.
1: Yeah, a I nil-nil. mean,
0: they're, the Rondon fans, he gets himself about a little bit of trauma. He's scored quite a few goals for them as well. He's in, actually yeah, he's
1: backed a couple, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, so he'll <laughs> be
0: one to watch. Um, Kennedy won't be able to play, I imagine, because he's still in our books, isn't he? So, yeah, I mean... She,
1: up a ramen, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so... No obviously it's one of those games isn't it where there's not too much glamour chat really but apart from it could, there'd be a lot of talk if we didn't win and it would be frustrating if we drew um of it would um, be very i very much yeah. So but I I want to wanted to quickly do one quick more talking point after this Matt, before we wrap up so I'm going to ask you for a score prediction on this game Newcastle Yeah um
1: Two nil to the mighty Blues.
0: Go on, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, you know, I'd be a bit frustrated with a one nil, but I'd take it all day. So just to be uh, different, I'm going to say one nil. Um, okay, Fair just to, just to finish up, mate. Um, I don't want to talk about. We, we could talk about other competitions, but we can, you know, I'd love to get you back on the pod later on in the season to sort of. Reflect. Oh, thank you. I'd
1: love to. Oh, yeah, by the yeah. way, one thing, Jan. Go on. You know who we've got after Newcastle yeah we're we've looking at it Arsenal now We're Arsenal looking away. at it now. yeah i didn't, I didn't want to away. then we've got spurs in the uh second leg
0: Turkey, yeah yeah we don't have right. time to go for all that
1: <laughs> what a month yeah i know i just thinking yeah. what
0: I, was, I was looking at that like oh god should we talk about because they you know I, i'd go nuts about the, at stanford bridge how they were roasting us over and over and over on the cutbacks so we somehow fucking won that game um oh. but anyway yeah. that, uh, you know we can you know that that's a that kind of links into what I want to finish on, really. Yeah, go for it. Um, top four. Um, mm. It's not as cut and dry as I was thought maybe two weeks, two three weeks ago. Um, although, like you know, God, that Arsenal game because they'll they pro- if they win that, then they leapfrog us. I think anyway. So without talking about the game, I think that's a big concern because I think we are we two points ahead of them.
1: Well, looking at the table, yeah, we're three clear. Oh,
0: and we've got better, We've got uh, yeah. seven
1: goals up on them.
0: Yeah, okay, so they wouldn't. they they'd would still be above them on points. Then, yeah, okay, I can see that now as well. But yeah, I don't think Arsenal are going to be a big a big threat to us, provided. Things carry on with their natural, the their current momentum. But if things carry on in the current momentum, I have a new concern in the shape of Man United. Um, I know we're six points clear, but we've still got to go to Old Trafford and they've got the Oligon of Solskjaer good feeling buzz about them. Um, and they got good players now, and they've got this sort of fearlessness, like ah, fuck it. what well, don't know what's happening this season. Let's just have fun, and that kind of mentality. I don't think that's anything to do with a new manager bounce, because I don't. I don't think Solskjaer is a particularly like amazing coach. You know, look at his resume. He's just, he's absolutely been an excellent move by them. Uh, PR-wise for the fans and also lifting the players and just releasing the proverbial shackles and all that. Um, so it was great, but I don't think that if they had anything about the man, and unless he got top four, got to the semi-finals in the Champions League and won the FA Cup or whatever, the yeah, if that's the one that's still in the FA mm-hmm. Cup, I, they'd have to go, oh, God, we might have to actually hire him here. But I don't think they've got any real intention to hire him. Anyway, no. I do digress. I, I feel like they're in a really good position to just sort of keep soaring along. Do you... What what? I want to get your thoughts as a fellow Chelsea fan and how you're feeling about top four. Do you think United are the, the biggest threat or what do you think?
1: Um, I think they both are. And I definitely think United... United are three points behind Arsenal. Mm. And I think the way they're playing in the moment, we're 21 games in. Mm. and I think you're right. I think on current form, United are the clear and present danger. Arsenal have been playing West Ham away before, who are 10th now, before they play us. Um, I personally think that if we win the next two games, obviously that's going to be massive to beat Arsenal, Mm -hmm. but only on the basis that we've beaten Newcastle as well. Mm -hmm. They're two, I think two crucial games for us. Yeah. Um, But I think the way United are playing at the moment, they really do have got got their confidence and their swagger back, Mm -hmm. which tells you a lot about... They're players by the way yeah absolutely yeah if you know what I mean. it looks like they're yeah, down tools a little bit but well, anyway
0: yeah i mean they, we, won't, we won't get into they, that but they've got yeah. Tot- they've got Tottenham away as well it's like like they've us they've got Spurs away yeah. but
1: um i'll tell you one thing Jan, the point is this is that now obviously it's a fight really between us and arsenal for one spot you could say mm. spurs are four points clear of us so but let's just say for now it's it's a fight for really one place well that's the it was for- always
0: yeah, go on. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah, finish your just, point, finish point, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it was always going to be a case of United coming back. Because mm. the, the the way that football has gone now, you've got Liverpool, now Manchester City, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, United is the big six, mm-hmm. if you like. And Manchester United coming back in shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody. No, because too much financial huge, muscle. The biggest club in the world, yeah. yeah yeah um,
0: one thing you'd say like Spurs are four four points ahead of us you say I mean they are four clear okay yeah. so four clear so Man United go to Wembley to play them uh, next game which obviously is, is, is soon is soon it's huge uh, Man United got slapped about by Spurs at home 3-0 they will have a point to prove like we you know, the, the, league, the baby yeah. face assassin revolution, um, revolution and they all so imagine if they do win that suddenly makes you think oh Tottenham aren't as safe as maybe they thought you know when we if we had suddenly two points to them oh sorry uh, one point to them after you know we beat Newcastle Touchwood, um I, I don't think Spurs would drop off say but it suddenly makes you think maybe you know the hyperventilating slows down a little bit because <laughs> it makes you think maybe they're in as, as much of a panic as we are you know I'm clutching a it It's again?
1: possible, but I then again, you know, if you look at Spurs' team, they've got players they can get a goal. They've got goals in that team. And if you've got goals throughout the team, threats from all over the place, mm. you can always win against yeah. anybody. Well, you I know, mean, you look, yeah. They they've got the, they've got the threat, they've got the power. And with players like Kane, Son, Ali, and Ericsson yeah you know they've got they've got the power to be able to they won't be scared of united but they'll yeah. definitely be wary I think, you know, I think i mean i think my point would be good.
0: yeah draw. yeah i think my point is a bit more that not necessarily they won't get top four but you know we might finish third and they might finish fourth when oh do you know what i mean Like they're not that third place isn't be all the is not sorry isn't like cemented rather for them i don't know but um we could we no, could you're chat. Right. We could uh, chat yeah. about it, potentialities um, in league positioning. But um, the, yeah, just just before we uh, wrap this up, do you uh, do you think we're gonna get top four?
1: Oh, um, oh, Jan, yeah, I just don't know. I mean, our fixture list is okay. I mean, we've got forty-four points from twenty-one. Are we going to do it? I'll tell, you what, um, I'll tell
0: you what. What percentage chance do you think Chelsea of getting top four? If you had to just put a percentage of your heart into it, I'd say 68%. Yes. 68? <laughs> yeah. Percent.
1: <laughs> Very precise. Um, to, yeah, to be absolutely precise. To be honest, I'm not far off you actually, Jan. Yeah. I'm going to go, I, I would say it's more than 50%. Yeah, same. I think if we, if we strengthen well now in January, mhm and if the guys just get their heads together, and there's a bit of an upturn in form, and make a few changes on the training ground, mm-hmm. maybe Callum breaks through a little bit more. I'm going to say yes, between sixty-five percent. Love
0: it. All right, sixty-five. And Let's do that. Sixty-five. That's <laughs> a round number. And uh, and if we don't get top four, this is just yes/no. So you you can't you can't you can't show me your workings here. Um, okay. If we don't get top four, will Sari be sacked? Should he or will he? Will he? No. No, and sh- and should is no as well. I assume, and I'm with you on that. No, he shouldn't. Sure, no. cool. ladies and gentlemen, what another great. Podcast with Matt Levy. Matt, if you've enjoyed, um, if you, sorry, I'm not, I'm not talking to you, Matt. I'm talking to the listeners here. Start <laughs> <Sorry>, there, <that was laughs> saying your name. If you've enjoyed our conversation in this podcast, Matt is actually a radio presenter for a um, station called Firebrand Radio. Um, he's been on before. Um, I urge you to go back and listen to the episode because if you've enjoyed this, it's similar level of high quality discussion between me and Matt. Um, do you want to quickly just say a couple of things about your radio station and if people want to listen listen to you talk where they find you
1: thanks Jan. yep i'm on firebrand radio the url is firebrandradio.online on saturdays at two o'clock in the afternoon till four o'clock
0: brilliant and uh to football dependent he'll read out scores and maybe have a quick mention about uh Football, whatever. And um, what, if they want to follow you on Twitter, mate, what's your handle?
1: My handle is Matt Levy419. That's Matt Levy, M A T T L E V Y, and then the number's 419. Wicked. And
0: he's good value, ladies and gentlemen. Matt, thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Thanks for having me, Jan. I've loved it. Pleasure.
0: Okay, that was Matt Levy. What a great episode. Love talking to Matt. Um, Go and follow him on Twitter if you want to see him chat about Chelsea or if you want to hear his dulcet tones, check him out on Firebrand Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for joining me. I really love doing this, as you all know. If you want to support me, please go and give me a five-star rating on iTunes. Just follow me on Twitter at Chelsea Yannick. It's going to be a busy month, boys and girls, for Chelsea FC in terms of fixtures and transfers. So if you are subscribed to my podcast, you'll see that I'm doing transfer specials with the attacking two boys uh, under the name of the attacking three. So keep up to date with that. Uh, and with all that being said, up the Chelsea, keep the blue flag fly an eye, carefree, wherever you may be, and I'll see you later.